0: What's going on, people? It's y'all boy, Kalechi back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all had a great Memorial Day weekend, even though I stayed indoors because, you know rona's still out here and doing his things but i know a lot of places are opened up a lot of people are going up and about but i hope each and every one of you stayed safe while you were out there and did what you were supposed to do had your fun but you didn't have too much fun and you stayed safe you stayed safe out there but anyway today i have a topic that i want to talk about which is uh money money order which is not money order as in the thing you go to the post office and get but money order as in how to prioritize using your money. I want to go through the steps in the process of how to think about your money and how to process going through your money. But before we get into any of that, I want to do a quick portfolio update for everybody. Um, there's not really much of a change that I've made on the portfolio so far. The only change that I've made is I bought another share of SCHD, which is, SCHD, which is my Charles Schwab ETF that I was talking about. Or i've been talking about remember i talked about last week where basically i'm trying to focus my Robinhood portfolio to be a whole lot more focused on etfs than anything else and so that's what i've been doing i just bought like i said every two weeks it's 40 dollars coming in so i bought some more shares in that to continue to grow the portfolio that way but apart from that the other thing if we go to my m1 finance portfolio the only other change that i i have coming up it hasn't been processed yet m1 takes a little bit longer than robin hood is I'm just buying a couple more shares or I'm buying into uh, Realty Income Corp and to Bank of America. The main reason that I'm doing that is because of my weight distribution right now. I think I have a good portfolio of companies in my M1 Finance. If I go into my holdings real quick, I like the 10 companies that I have. And so for the time being, I'm just gonna be looking to invest more and more and more into these companies. But the main reason that I'm focusing on buying uh, bank of america and on buying realty income corp is because those two parts of my portfolio are underweight and so i'm trying to increase my weight in those two parts so buy more in realty income corp and buy more in uh in visa for the time being and then after that it's just gonna be doing its own thing and trying to operate to make sure that everything is balanced out and operating at optimal levels And yeah, that's, that's the only changes that I made on these two portfolios. It's probably going to be boring. And this is the thing about investing for people like me i want my investments to be very boring i'm gonna invest in a lot of boring companies except for tech because i find tech very interesting and there's a lot of companies in tech but what you want to do when it comes to picking companies you want a boring stable company to invest in you don't want to always be speculating and all this stuff you want a company that you understand their business model for the most part and you understand how they make their money so that it's just a boring thing. Like, you just, like, you're looking at it and it's like, oh, it's not fancy. It's not like I'm playing any kind of games. I'm not doing any kind of tradings. It's just a very boring process of going through just literally money comes in, I invest it, money comes in, it goes directly to what I want it to go to. And that's exactly how I would like my investments to go. That's why I switched it up in my Robinhood portfolio to be ETFs. It's the most boring kind of investment you can make is you're not even looking at companies. You're just looking at an ETF that holds a bunch of companies in it, which is boring. But at the same time, you don't want too much excitement when it comes to investing. Anyway, moving on from there, the only other thing is I want to give a shout out to uh, the Centennial investor who commented on my last video and said, Oh, one thing that I could do on my on my dividend tracking spreadsheet, if you guys saw that video, is instead of me have copying and pasting the number from Seeking Alpha as to what the dividend yield is, he gave me a beautiful equation, which I should have known this because it's a very, very good equation. It's a very like basic equation that I should have known. Basically, all you do, and we'll do it on the M1 portfolio since I haven't done it there yet, is you just do equals to your annual dividend from the company divided by the market price. And that's it. It gives you the exact same thing for your dividend payout, which is just, I was like, man, what was I doing this whole time? Like why was I having to copy and paste it when I could have just done this this whole time so it's a slight change and shout out to him uh for giving me that heads up that I could do that and just for showing me to do that and so that's good news anyway moving on from all of this stuff we're gonna go right into the topic of the day which is like I said earlier how to prioritize using our money I get this question a lot um well, I almost say I get it a lot, but people ask me from time to time, it's like, hey, what should I use my money on? Like, I just got this, I just got that. What should I use my money on? And the answer is pretty simple. Um, it's pretty simple once you understand how to think about money and how to process money. There are certain things that you should automatically think about when it comes to money. And I just want to go through think, thinking something through with everybody. I don't know why. But most of the time when it comes to money, we don't go through any kind of process. We just kind of react, react, react rather than planning out and, and like, instead of, instead of being reactive, being proactive with our money. And so one of the things is just like, if you look in nature, everything in in nature has some kind of cycle, has some kind of process that happens. Think about rain. First of all, you have evaporation, which becomes condensation, and then you have precipitation, and then it goes back to collection, and then it starts all over again. It's a procedure. It's a process. It's something that happens over and over again. Everything has a process. You You take math, for example. You take math. We have the basic process in math called PEMDAS or if you're from Nigeria it's called BODMAS and basically it's just the procedure of how you think about equations how you add stuff how you subtract stuff when you do one thing before the other thing you just think through each process and each procedure to make sure that you're doing the right thing at the right time and even when it comes to something like cooking when have you ever got ever like skipped a process when you're cooking and you think everything is fine. You are making the dish, making the whole thing. You are, you, you are like, you know what? I don't need a recipe. I'm good. I'm just going to figure this out as I go. And then at the end of the day, you come out and you're like, dog, this this food didn't taste that good. It didn't taste as good as it was supposed to taste. And it's because you probably skipped some steps or you just did stuff out of order. And then you ended up messing your stuff up. It's the same thing with our money we have to think about things in order. We have to put things in some kind of process so that it makes making decisions a lot easier. It makes life so much easier when you know exactly where to, what to do with your money at what time and when to do it. A lot of times, this is what happens to us. If you're watching on YouTube or now that Spotify has video, if you're watching on Spotify, um, what happens is, We get an idea, for example, or we get some a lump of money, for example, and then we're like, we start processing, we start processing, like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then we start getting jumbled up. Everything gets jumbled up. It's like, do I buy this? Do I buy that? Do I invest it? Do I pay this thing off? Do I do this? And we start like jumbling through, and then our brains just get scattered. Like it's just like there's this like, like nuclear explosion that just explodes in our brain, and we're just like, you know what? Forget about it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not I'm not thinking about this. You just give up and you walk away from it and then it ends up like hurting you in the future. And so what I'm trying to do today is to simplify the entire process to not make it so complicated as oh, you have to do this, this, this and this, but to give you a guideline generally of how you process through your money, how you think through your money rather than just jumping from one thing to the other but actually like specifying how you want to go through and the first thing as we always talk about is emergency i know y'all remember this picture because i use it a lot is first things first is you need to have an emergency fund when you're starting out at least and i always say it most emergencies you can handle except for if you lose your job or something like that most emergencies don't cost more than a thousand dollars. And so having a thousand dollars in a bank account somewhere gives you some sense of relief, gives you some sense of stability, gives you some sense of simpleness in your life. It just makes things just go a lot easier. And when I say emergency, I mean actual emergencies. You don't touch this money unless something happened. Unless like you need to fix something on your car and you just don't have $500 that you need to put on it to fix the thing on your car. Maybe you have a flat tire all of a sudden. You need to get new tires. Maybe you have a dead battery or something like that. You need stuff like that, like the HVAC in your house goes out. You need to buy a new microwave. You need to buy a washing machine. You need to buy all these different things that can pop up all of a sudden that you can't plan for that's what an emergency fund is i've told this story before about my mom about i think it was a year or two ago we started talking about having an emergency fund making a plan to make sure that you have an emergency fund and she was like you know what you're right she was receptive to it she received the message we sat down we made a plan and she was able to follow through and then this year when this whole rona thing started happening Like three things went, just happened all of a sudden in the house. You know what? They say when it rains, it pours. Like it's never one thing that happens at one time. Everything happens all at the same time. So at home, in my mom's house, the water heater all of a sudden stopped working. It started leaking and it was making a mess everywhere. It just stopped. It just wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. And then the fridge had some issues with it. It wasn't cooling food as much as it should have. And it was also those leak those water that was leaking out of it. And then on top of it, the dryer in the house also went bad. So these are three major expenses. These things are not cheap to fix. These are three massive things that you that will cripple anyone, but because we had put this plan into motion, because we had sat down and thought about, hey, we need an emergency fund in case anything can happen, because you never know, all those things happened, and she didn't really even sweat at all, it was just like, ah, man, this sucks, it became an inconvenience, like, man, I don't want to spend money on this thing, but you know what? Thank God that I have this money set aside so I can do this. So she was able to fix the water heater, able to buy a new dryer, able to call out a, oh, and the other thing that happened was also the dishwasher in the house went bad. And so it's just like everything just happened all at the same time. And so, but through, even through all of that, she was able to do every single one of those things. Why? Because she had an emergency fund. It's the same thing for each and every single one of us. We never know when something might happen. We never know when an emergency situation will pop up and just ruin everything for us. That's why it's good to have, and I'll say it again, at least a $1,000. Start off with just a $1,000 because that will make life so much easier for you. It reduces the stress of going through life. I promise you. I promise you it will reduce the stress of going through life. And Anyway, the next thing, the next step, the next thing you start thinking about when when you're trying to figure out how do I use my money is you pay off debt. And today, a lot of people are going to get upset with me. The number one debt that I'm going to focus and hound on today is credit cards. Credit cards are literally the ultimate just credit cards are the worst let me just put it that way the interest rates that you accrue on credit cards are ridiculous and this is not just me saying this i'm gonna play a video for y'all from warren buffett where he was talking exactly about this topic
1: i think people should should avoid using credit cards as you know as as a piggy bank to be rated I, i had a woman come to see me here not long ago and she'd come on a, some money and uh, uh, not not very much but it was a lot to her and uh, she's a friend of mine and she uh, she said what should I do with it you know and and I said well what do you on your credit card and uh, uh, she said well I own X and uh, uh, I said well what you should do I, I I don't know what interest rate she was paying but I think I think I asked her and she knew and it was something like 18% or something I said I don't know how to make 18% you know I mean if I if I owed any money at 18% the first thing I'd do with any any money I had would be to pay it off it's going to be way better than any investment idea I've got and that wasn't what she wanted to hear uh, and then later on in the conversation she talked about her daughter and her daughter had a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars or something in and she said, "Well, what should I do with?" It? And she named the girls, uh-uh, money. And I said, Have her lend it to you, you know." And, then, and <laughs> I mean, if you're willing to pay 18 percent or whatever, I mean, she's not going to find a better deal. <laughs> I'll lend you money. It it, it 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 just doesn't it doesn't make sense. You you can't go through life, uh, you know, borrowing money. But, at at those rates and and be better off the thing so i i encourage everybody it's it's contrary to my own or berkshire interests in certain cases but and the world is is in love with credit cards
0: but and that that's that's the thing like this is coming from warren buffett billionaire investor the one of the people that we or let me put it this way that i admire when it comes to investing And he's just advising everybody like, yo, stay away from credit cards because those rates are ridiculous. No matter what kind of investment you make on the back end, the rates on credit cards are ridiculous. And that's the problem with it. And this is coming from somebody who owns American Express, who owns majority shares in, in some of the largest credit cards in the world. And so he's coming out and saying, Hey, you should probably not make a credit card because no matter what investment or you shouldn't, you shouldn't be using your credit card willy-nilly, you should pay that bad boy off as fast as you can without accruing all these charges and all these things because at the end of the day, you're, the, you just can't make, let me think about it this way. The best return that you can make from investments is about 10%. Most credit cards start out about 12 to 18 to 20%. So no matter what kind of investments that you're making, you're not making 20% worth of an investment. So playing off your credit card is so, so key. That's the like next thing. It's like pay off that, get out of that, get out of that whole credit card game. And then the next one is, and a lot of people going to come for me again, is car loans. Car loans can be so hampering. It can be so hampering to you being able to make progress for the stuff later on in the steps. And the main reason I have a problem with car loans is maybe not right now with the whole Rona things and cars being sold at 0% APR. Now, my main problem with car loans is that I'm basically paying for a car that is going to lose value over time, but I'm paying for that value that is being lost over time at an interest. It's not like it's, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a conglomerate or I'm a CEO of a company where I can depreciate the value of the car over time. No, I'm not a business. I don't get those same tax initiatives. I'm an individual. And so instead of me depreciating, it's actually appreciating because you keep on paying interest on the car and it just eats into your budget. It just eats into your monthly budget. And so the next thing is to get that thing out. Get that thing out as fast as you can. If you can manage it, just step up and destroy that bad boy out of there so you don't have to think about it it is much better for you to buy a much cheaper car that you can afford and this is the other problem with things like debt and loans and credit cards we buy more than we can afford and that's the main problem is we end up buying more than we can actually afford at the time instead of us to save and buy the thing one time and move on because what ends up happening is if you have to save for something you're probably not gonna want to spend as much you will actually buy what you can actually afford so that's the thing with a car loan like you don't it just loses value and you're paying more for something that has lost value over time That's not a good investment that's why people say cars are the worst investments you can have because at the end of the day it's losing value it's losing you value over time but anyway, I'm gonna get off my soap my soapbox on that one. After you've done that, after you paid off those two major debts that usually hamper your progress, the next thing is to have a three to six month emergency fund. And this can variate and this can be based on wherever you are in life and it can be based on uh, basically what kind of life you have. I think for most single people, three months emergency fund is going to be okay, mainly because... You can make your dollar stretch a bit further, further. You don't have to worry about anybody else. It's just you. It's just you. And so you can kind of, kind of sacrifice some things. You can go hungry a few nights. You can eat the worst kind of foods because you don't have to worry about anybody else. But for a family, that six month range is probably where you want to be because it's not just you. You got a wife. Maybe if you're, if you're a guy or if you're a, a woman, you got a husband and you have kids so you have other people that you have to think about with your expenses and so you can't make those same like three months cuts that you can just cut out so many things because it's just you by yourself now however i'm kind of leaning towards more of like a 12 month emergency fund mainly because of this rona situation i've been listening to a lot of different financial people like ray dalio and there's one other guy that wrote a book uh, i will teach you to be rich i forget what his name is but both of those dudes have been more leaning towards maybe having closer to a 12 month emergency fund. So that's something to think about. <clears throat> it's just something to like have an idea, maybe start moving towards that direction. I think I'm going to start slightly moving into that direction just because it gives you more wiggle room. It just gives you more over it. It just controls your overhead a little bit more. Anyway, after that, It's the fun stuff that everybody wants to do. Once you get through the first three things, like once you do that, this is the stuff that everybody, like everybody wants to know. How do I grow my money? How do I make more money? How do I make my money work for me? How do I get more paychecks in my pocket? How do I, like, this is the stuff that everybody loves to hear about. Everybody loves making money. There's not a single person, excuse me. Not a single person doesn't like making money. Everybody loves making money. Like everybody wants more money in their pocket. And so what am I talking about? I'm talking about investing. It's like, this is the one that everybody wants to do. But however, there is a process to how you do this. You don't just jump in and just be like, oh, I'm investing. I'm making money. I'm making money. I'm making money. No, you just, you you lose money doing that. There's a process. And the process starts with a very boring A very boring kind of investment. And that is either your employer 401k plan or your individual retirement account plan. And everybody's like, see, this is why I don't even want to listen to you. Like everything you said on this list ain't nothing on here like fun. Everything on here is like all this. But the reason why you want to start off with either a 401k or an IRA is because of the tax incentives. These accounts are literally backed, well, not backed, but like are literally defended by the government to ensure that you're saving for your future. And so there are tax incentives that you don't get with like a brokerage account that you don't get with any kind of investment that you may have, but you get with a 401k and with an IRA. If you're on the younger threshold, you probably want to do a Roth version of either one of those. And all the Roth version means is that you'll be put in, It will be after tax basically after you've paid your taxes you put that money in so that way in the future when you're in a higher tax bracket you're not being taxed for all the money that you've made over the years but also there's a balance of to know when you should do that you just have to talk with like a financial advisor as you grow older and older and older to know hey when do i need to change this to a traditional that is more effective for me but that's that's neither here nor there most of the time a roth is your best bet because that way because most of us are going to make more money as we grow older and we get more advanced in our careers and we get more advanced in our lives as we figure out more things that we want to do for ourselves and all that kind of stuff. And so the 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 rate is that as I go higher, I'm going to pay more in taxes because my tax bracket is going to go higher, and I don't want to do that. So while I'm here right now, I'll rather pay the least amount of taxes on this money that I can pay. But the point is you just do it, especially, especially if you have an employee match 401k plan, because that's literally free money. Like your company is incentivizing you and saying, hey, if you put $100, we will match your $100. It is free money. Money. You should do it. Like, you should just do it. You close your eye and do it. You just do it. And if you don't have that, having an IRA just has tax incentives that having a brokerage account just doesn't give you. And these are the first two things that when it comes to investing, you should look at maxing out. Like, the max for a 401k is around $11,000 and the max for an IRA is about $5,500. But you should look at these two things to max out first before you look at anything else. It is just, it just, it's just good practice to look at these two and for any kind of investments that you have, do these two things first, have an IRA or a 401k. And if you don't, if you, if you, if you have a 401k, I would still advise you to have an IRA of your own as well. I just, just more areas that you can save money, the better, in my opinion, the more places you can save money, the better for you. So I would have both a 401k and an IRA, but we'll make a whole video about the types of account that everybody should have as they move on in life. Anyway, moving on from there, the last type of thing and the last thing that you will do is have some kind of investment format. It's not some kind of investment account. This is the fun one. This is the one that everybody likes to talk about. This is the one that I make videos about because it's fun. It's interesting. It's you seeing the markets and how they work and all this other stuff. It's you opening a brokerage account, whether it's with Robinhood or M1 Finance or Fidelity or Vanguard or E-Trade or Charles Schwab, all these different brokerage accounts that you can open and you can start doing things like dividend investing, growth investing, all this stuff that is fun because you're like, I'm seeing my money work. I'm getting paid some dividends. It's this fun stuff. This is the fun stuff that everybody wants to do. But even with this one, There is a step of how you do it as well. You don't just jump in and say, I want to be, I want to invest. I want to invest. And you just start investing willy nilly any, any, which way there's steps. And we'll talk about that in a future video of how you go about looking at stocks and even how you go about looking at ETFs. And I think most people, 90% of people out there, in fact, let me change that 95% of people out there should just invest in ETFs because it's way easier to do and it protects you in the long run. And then the final thing you should do after you're you're doing all that and you're getting to that point where you're saving about 15 to 25% of your income, you're just blindly saving all of that in different ways, whether it's with your 401k, with a Roth IRA, with a, a brokerage account, your emergency fund, all that kind of stuff. After you do all of that, then you start paying off other forms of debt, like debt, like your house like long-term forms of debt that you have. You just start erasing those debts out of your life because the goal is the more you can... Because people think that being wealthy is about making more money. That's a lie. Being wealthy is about reducing your expenses. It's about reducing your overhead because the more you can reduce your overhead... Think about this. If you own your house and you don't have to pay a monthly thing on your house, all of a sudden, there's a bunch of money that just opened up in your pocket. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how you use the money you make. So reducing your overhead is one of the goals that you should have for yourself. Finding ways to reduce that overhead. And part of that is paying off and being able to live, have have somewhere that you can live for basically for free, even though you pay for it, but it's for free once you own it. So anyway, that's basically the steps. Now, a couple of things that I want to mention before we get out of here is even while you're paying off debt even while you're paying off your credit card or your car loans or anything like that, or even when you're investing in your three to six months account, uh, emergency fund account, you can still be putting money into your IRA or your 401k. An example of that is like, you know how like everybody has a minimum balance of how much they put into or when they are paying off a credit card or something like that, like $35. You can use the same mindset for your 401k and your IRA just so you can see that growth continue to happen so you can at least take control of because the idea of investing is like the longer you do it the better outcome time is the most important outcome when it comes to investing the compound in interest that that helps you in investing is all deals with time the longer you stay invest invested the better for you and so when you think about it you can still be paying off debt and you can still be investing in your 401k and those kind of things. And the main thing is none of these things are like one size fits all. You determine how you want to do this. However, I will advise that before you start looking to invest large portions of money or a major part of your budget, you should get out of debt because no matter how much you try to invest in whatever, you're not going to see the same returns. Versus you just paying off your credit card as fast as you can or paying off your auto loan as fast as you can. Because those things inhibit you from being able to see the returns that you should be seeing on your investments. But anyway, that's all I got. This was a very simple video. I just wanted to break down the things that we should all be doing to think through Whenever we have money in our pockets, whenever we get paid, whenever we have a little bit of extra leftover money, whenever we get some birthday funds, whenever we get a Christmas fund, whenever somebody gives you anything like if you have money, money comes to you, sell something, you make some money. These are the things and this is how you think through your money. The first thing you do is have an emergency fund, a thousand dollar emergency fund. It helps you in the long run. The second thing is pay off your debt. Like Warren Buffett said, there is no investment that you can make that can make up the fact that credit cards have an interest rate of 18% of higher. There's just none. Pay off your car loan. If you can start driving your car for basically for free, which is not for free because you bought the thing, but if all you have to do is maintain it and buy gas, or if you have an electric car, even better it just makes sense it just makes your life a lot easier it reduces your overhead like i said overhead is everything and then after that three to six months of an emergency fund you probably want to lean to six months if you have a family but even right now i'm thinking 12 months might even be a part of this as well but that's based on how you are and how you live and what you think you'll be more comfortable with doing. After that, then you can start investing. Then you can start looking to the future and being like, you know what? I want to put money away and all this other stuff. But the main thing is you want to do it with a Roth IRA and a 401k first. That's the first thing you want to invest in because, or in some cases, a 403B, depending on if it's, I think, a government backed one. But these are the ones that have tax benefits. They're tax shelters for you to reduce your tax overhead. And then after that, then you can open your brokerage account and then you can start having fun and buying stocks and all this fancy, fancy stuff, buying real estates and investing in all that stuff. But until you get to the point where you can actually start funding or even fully funding your 401k and your IRA, don't even think about jumping into anything else because you will just be in the same position. And then finally. Pay off leftover debts. In other words, your mortgage. Put start prepaying on those kind of things, and just you know, trying to get out of or of owing money because you want to reduce that overhead cost. Because when you reduce that overhead cost, all of a sudden, everything just kind of looks a little bit brighter, a little bit clearer. But anyway, I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things from this whole thing. I hope y'all got the idea. I'm not trying to come for anybody but I just thought that it would be interesting and it would be a good idea for me to talk through these things. But anyway, it's been your boy Kalichi. I hope you got something out of this and I'll talk to y'all on the next one. God bless each and every single one of y'all. Peace.